What's up, guys? This is Johnny, your man, Tacos, otherwise known as Johnny Tacos. And welcome to the JT Show. Hopefully, y'all enjoy this awesome episode, which we're going to go back into Chapter 2 of Calling Down the Fire by Dr. Jimmy D. Pritchard. We'll continue Elijah's battle against the king and queen of that time. And what we'll do, we'll have a little boxing match. Our Lord and Savior, the God of everything, the Almighty, versus the fake pretender God, Ball. So sit back, grab you a glass of sweet tea, as we're about to go to story time. FBI, open up! This is the Johnny Taco Podcast. Welcome, welcome back. I want to thank you to all the new listeners who are here. If it's by accident, it's a happy accident. Don't worry. God has control of cruise control. So you might learn something on this channel. And for all the dedicated fans like this guy here, my number one amigo, Pastor John Bell. John Bell has a podcast called Madness Show. So if you want to check him out, you can go on Podbean or any of the other major streaming services and check him out. Uh, he's the one that got me my first um, microphone so I can start this podcast venture out. So I'm really blessed to have him help me out. So... Yeah, give him give him a shout out. Give him a a, a chance to listen to what these guys say. He's really funny guys. A lot better at um, group speaking than I am. So it, it's a treat. It's going to be a big treat. So also just to let you know that uh, we had a awesome origin story last week. Matter of fact, last Sunday. It's with. Tim Spencer of Aura Street Mission Band. So, he was awesome, man. It was great talking to him. Uh, he lives in Florida, you know, so, you know, he, he doesn't hit this uh, deep freeze that we're having right now. He's in the nice little tropical area there. So, shout out to Tim Spencer. I appreciate you coming on the show and dropping down that testimony and dropping down some awesome music. And and if you want to listen to his music, he is on Spotify, Aura Street Mission Band. So uh, check out that episode. It's the one before this one. So uh, other things we have is next, this Sunday, this Sunday. What do I have this Sunday? I think this Sunday... I have another origin story with my good friend and homie, Mr. Joe Ellison and his band, Run With Patience. So check it out. It'll be this Sunday, which will be the episode after this one. Also, I just want to shout out to anybody that is uh, going through some hardships, that's going through money troubles, that's, that's going through fatherly uh, issues. Um, if if you are feeling that way and you've, you're not alone, um, we all go through that mess. We all go through that season where we're constantly worrying about what's going to happen. And I want to give a shout out to hashtag... hashtag Dad Swag, a podcast about dads and about his venture with the Holy Spirit and his stories on being a father and how well, how he grew up as well. So 
uh, holler at um, hashtag dad swag. That's a podcast as well. I've uh, been talking to him on Instagram. Really cool dude. Really nice guy. He was an R&B singer. I can't believe. I'm, I'm talking to all these awesome, talented musicians, um, life coach, pastors, ministers, you name it. I'm, I'm just talking to everybody. This, this podcast has been really awesome way for me to not only get everybody's testimony out there because everybody's testimony is a, um, you know, is, is a gratitude to, to the Lord. So not only do I get to meet, uh, hear their testimony, I get to meet them and I get to talk to them and, and it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing meeting people from all works of life and all, uh, shapes and colors and all that stuff. So it, it was pretty awesome. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the origin story. I'm enjoying meeting people. I'm enjoying people saying, you're Johnny Tacos. And I'm like, no, I'm just Johnny. On on the, on the uh, podcast, I'm Johnny Tacos. But I'm just Johnny. And I'm not typically this kind of a talkative person outside of the radio station. I'm actually kind of quiet and kind of, you know, reserved because... You know, I like my silence and I, and I know that God wants us all to be a family and be closeness to each other, but I do like my, my silence and my quiet time. Doesn't mean I am an antisocial person. I just like to be quiet. I like to have my alone time. And if you're feeling that way too, it's okay. It's all right. I understand completely. But also, you got to have that time with people because the devil works in your head when you're alone for too long. I'm just letting you know that by fact um, because it happened to me numerous times. And, and it's, it's, still, it's still a war in my head. But I know that I have love and I, I love my wife. I love my family. And I still have I still have them to talk to and all that, so I'm not a hundred percent alone. And you know, I go to church not only to get my fill of the word and be taught by the pastor and to be moved by the worship team, but I get there to get my my healing back, my my sense of of needing other human beings near me. It's, it's, it's my recharge. It's, it's my battery recharge. And instead of me and my, my, my older year, my younger years, uh, instead of me going to a bar for that kind of attention and all that, I go to church now. So I fill myself up with the Holy spirit and not the alcohol spirit. If I can get an amen, let me see if I can hear y'all. Come on. Say amen. You can say it. Come on. I can hear you. Oh, there you go. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. Amen. Amen. You know, before we get to uh, calling down the fire, um, I just want to say thank you to again to Jason for giving me this book for Christmas. It's an awesome book. It's a it's a so far it's a, a page turner. And it just shows that us as a society, we need to call down the fire. We, we've been too much reliant on the ways of the world and more tolerant on the lifestyle of the world than what God's plan is. So um, it's, it's been a really great read, and I'm glad to go over it with you on uh, the podcast. There's 10 chapters, so... It's going to be 10 weeks of this, so uh, grab on to your seat, buckle up. It's going to be a uh, bumpy ride. So, But uh, before we get to the show, I'm going to pause for the cause and uh, put in a commercial. But if you would like to be a part of my show, if you'd like to throw some advertisement my way, 
and I can put it on my show, uh, contact me at johnnytacospodcast at gmail.com with your name, uh, what you sell, or what you advertise. And either I'll do the advertisement or I'll have you on the show and you can do a quick advertisement. Uh, That'd be pretty awesome to do. Uh, Today I'm not doing a top 10 because I got lazy and didn't look for a top 10. But I promise next week I'll do a top 10. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's pause for the commercial. Johnny Tacos from the Johnny Tacos podcast and you're wondering why am I talking about the lovely ladies of confidence shop the reason why is that my wife had put a lot of stock in confidence shop by buying all those awesome clothes that you see her wear as she walks through lovely downtown Waxahachie I love the way they look on her and it's always stylish. The prices aren't a heart attack, which is great because my wife loves clothes. Believe me, I had to move my clothes from our master closet into the guest room because that's how much she loves clothes. So, Confident Shop is located in Waxahachie, Texas. But they have a website called confidenceshop.com. And the shop is S-H-O-P-P-E. It's very fancy. So confident shop. Uh, with the extra P. So it would be confident shop. So yeah, if you hear if you go on the website, let them know that you heard their commercial on the Johnny Taco show. And Oh, just to let you know, it's not only a woman's bouquet in boutique, 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 bouquet, bouquet. Why did I say bouquet? Oh, yeah, because Valentine's is coming up, and I got to get make sure my wife has a lovely bouquet of flowers. Ha-ha, there you go. Um, they also have men's headwear. Uh, they have a nice fedora. Uh, they have a, I call it a crocodile dundee hat. It looks really cool. It doesn't fit my big head, but it's pretty awesome. They got uh, Huey uh, hats over there, uh, fitted and snapbacks. And they also have Huey knives. I think they're starting to sell Huey knives. But uh, you can check all that on confidenceshop.com. That's confidenceshop.com. 
on the red corner, weighing, I don't know what the false god weighs, but Baal, the god of the storm, the official god of the king and queen, Abhad and Jezebel. There are 400 prophets on the side of this contest. Baal's female companion god was Ezra. And there were 400 prophets in her corner. So you had 800 prophets versus the God, the Almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the one whom Israel had made their commitments. The God of all. Jesus! So... So this uh, giving you a little bit, of, a little bit of something like that. Chapter two is called uh, "Calling Down the Fire," which is, you know, the title of the book, "Calling Down the Fire," and it continues with uh, Elijah. It continues after the two-year drought uh, that he had said that God has said there will be no. No, not a drop of rain. And Elijah was faithful to God. And he he said it, and he said it with 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 authority. He was like he was like the Hulk Hogan of it. Since we're talking about uh, corners, he was the Hulk Hogan. He's like, oh, God said. There'll be no rain, brother. So in uh, 1 Kings 17, Elijah just showed up one day and proclaimed God's message. He said, at my command, it is not going to rain. This presented a direct challenge to the politically correct and trending God of all times. Baal, the God of the storm and of the rain, and of the harvest. You know what? Nobody took Elijah seriously. But, you know, after two years passed, you know, people are starting to scratch their heads and saying, man, you know what? I think this Elijah guy, I, I think there's something going on with this, 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 this guy. I don't know what we're going, we need to do something. So King Ahab had conduct, conducted a search for Elijah, even traveling around different countries and kingdoms desperation began to set in because he was desperate he needed to find uh, elijah and said what is going on why has it not been a drop of rain for two years um the prayer that moves the hand of god in a spiritual awakening and revival is the prayer that's born out of desperation have you noticed that God works the hardest when you're at your lowest, when when you're at your 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 when when you're desperate? Like, well, I just gave you an example. When I was uh, when I was drinking, and I was down to my lowest back in in, in my younger years. I was at my lowest, and I needed God to help me push away the alcohol and push me further to something greater that he has in store for me. And that was out of desperation because if I'm not, if a person's not desperate enough to seek God, then he's lukewarm. He's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I can still do things myself. I don't need to praise God. He, uh, out for everything because I can take care of everything, which is not true. You need to praise God for everything. Uh, we, ex we experience a little in a way of the spiritual awakening in our day because there are a few prayers born in desperation ascending to heaven's throne. Eli Elijah had been hidden and protected by God during these years of drought. He has spent some time uh, at the Brook Kirth, and 
then in a little town called Sidon. Is it Sidon or Sidon? I don't know. I wasn't. I, I never visited that part of the world. Um, uh, the time had to come uh, for the contest of the gods. So let us uh, let us meet the 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 gods. Okay. Uh, Baal was uh, King Ahab's and Jezebel's uh, god, uh, which is the god of storm. Was official god of the of of the whole of the kingdom. Uh, as I said before, he had four hundred and fifty prophets on his side, and Baal's female companion god. See, this was a multi god, uh, multi. Uh, I can't think of the what it is. Uh, but they, they worship multi, multiple gods. Um, the Old uh, Testament refers to Asherah's poles that were used in idol worship. Uh, Asherah was the goddess of fertility. And these poles were carved in the shape of male genitalia. So you can tell where this is going. As worships gathered to worship around these poles, there were male and female prostitutes available to assist in worship. So as Baal and Asherah were worshipped, boys and girls were available for worshippers to engage in sexual activities. Our society continues to worship uh, the god of fertility, although in different forms. And then we get to the other contestant was the Almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the one whom Israel had made their co commitments. God retained a quiet remnant, and though persecuted, but was still faithful, their champion is the prophet Elijah. Uh, though the drought God attained the attention of Ahab and Jezebel, Eliab must now make himself known and issue a challenge to the false gods and their champions. So this was a battle between God Almighty and their false god. So um, on Kings, uh, one Kings eighteen twenty one, how long would you waver between two options? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. But the people said nothing. And that's what uh, <clears throat> Elijah had told um, the, the people that were just standing there. Because they didn't want to, uh, you know, they didn't want to shame their king. They, they did not say one word, either to the fray or, you know, either to... to about God or about the about Baal, so they were quiet. You know he he wanted to say, you know, our our God is an understanding God, and you follow God or you follow Him. You have free will to choose, but you have to live with your consequences. So, he, um, Elijah told uh, the king to, to ask them to start. You start with your sacrifice. So, uh, Elijah offered the prophets of Baal the opportunity to begin. So, what they did is they, they had their altar and they proceeded with sincere hearts. They made a sacrifice on the altar they offered their prayer. They had a very good, solid ritual. They had a bulletin with everything laid out. And they were very sincere. They were politically correct. One can almost imagine some in the crowd thinking and sharing how all roads must lead to the same place. That is good life and sin sincerity and convictions must be all that is required. These were the first politically correct worshipers that could be a model for uh, modern-day secularists. 
Though sincere, they were wrong. Seniority uh, does not and cannot substitute for truth. Even with sincere hearts, they faced a silent heaven. Midday passed, and they continued with their frantic prophesizing until the time of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. With all uh, sincerity and order, they stood before the silent heaven. Elijah was watching while sitting under a tree. He seemed to enjoy this very much. He encouraged them by suggestion, Hey, yell a little bit louder. Maybe Ball's sleeping. Wake him up. Show him your sacrifice. You know, when you're faced in a crisis in life, uh, do you wish for someone to come down? Uh, you know, you call that sports center the that you um, idolize and you worship. And they'll stop everything they're doing. They'll send somebody out to come help you. Would they, they help you with your marriage and financial problems? Too many are worshiping a politically correct God in an orderly, sincere way. But when you need supernatural touch from heaven, you stand before a silent heaven. Many churches and many church leaders fit with uh, Ahab's crew than with God's champions. They have long since lost the power of God. And all that's left is just ritual. There's no fire. You come in, you sing a song, you learn a lesson, you sing songs, you learn more lessons, but it loses its fire and its touch. Because the the person, the leader, the shepherd, the the pastor is not on fire. He is not a, the fire from God. He's just standing there doing a day in and day out, day in and day out, the same rituals, and and but a sincere help. But he's not filling the fire. It doesn't matter the ministries are starving for finances. Many churches have substituted the Great Commission for the Great Convenience. They have uh, become just as the worshipers of Baal and Ashram. Even though they have a sincere heart, they worship before a silent heaven. What we need is a fresh touch from Jesus Christ in our life. We need a spiritual awakening pattern after what God brought through Elijah. We need somebody to call down the fire. So now, uh, the prophets of Baal are done with their sacrifice and they're done with, uh, with doing what they needed to do to try to show that, that Baal is going to come and bring rain. But, It fell on deaf ears. So now it's Elijah's time. So he, um, unable, you know, the unanswered by fire, you know, Ashram and Bell were unable. Uh, Elijah first repaired an altar of God. There was an altar up there that was used to worship, you know, our God. And it was in fray. It was torn apart. The stones were gone. The, uh, everything was all in disarray. So he took the time. He cleaned it up, set up the 12 stones. Uh, he, you know, the 12 stones for the 12 tribes. And he placed them correctly. He took the time and the effort to make sure everything was perfect. Um, This, uh, it, it makes me wonder what condition of the altar of God in the hearts of people are today. The secret place for a true fellowship with God is overrun with concerns of the world and with 
every kind of action and attitude one could imagine. The face of God and the purpose of God and the true worship of God has been absent for so long that the altar within you is in great need of renovation. So, Elijah, you know, he repaired the altar. He got it ready and used for, for that which was designed. Uh, that deep place within each of us is designed to behold the face of God and worship him. Many churches need to repair the altar. Over the course of the years, God's intended purpose for the church has been forgotten, thus neglected. The energy of this kind of church is inward and usually can be identified through power groups, criticism, and little, if any, growth. God's intent making dis disciples for his kingdom is ignored. For the fires of God to fall, our churches must repair the altar. We must rediscover God's purpose when God finds a church that is committed to the Great Commission, his blessings will be evident and the fire will fall. You know, um, the second thing Elijah did was renew the promises of God. He took the 12 stones and arranged them on the altar. Each stone represented one of the family tribes of Israel and to whom God has previously given all of his promises. Anytime a spiritual awakening occurs in a life or in a church, the promises of God are remembered and renewed. As in uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So think about that. God's answer is yes. It's always yes. Just think about that while I, while I finish this up. God has been good to all his people. Though we have a tendency at times to neglect him and move away from him, his promises are true for all times and all seasons. They do not de depend upon our faith, but upon the one who gave them. God's promises are as good and true as God's character. When we renew them, and believe them, the fire will fall. Uh, the next, Elijah recalled the word of God. This time of the evening sacrifice was a time appointed in the Old Testament law for worship to occur. Uh, he had given, uh, he had bought, uh, brought them to their own country when the Lord had chosen the nation of Israel. Fulfilling the promise he had given Abraham. Now they are in total disarray, violently opposing God's purpose for them. On this day the, the time comes for worship and behold rising before the Lord Almighty at the appointed time is true worship. It had been absent for so long. Now there is one who is worshiping the true God in the true ancient ways. Only one. Elijah is leading, but is it true worship, just like the word prescribed? God saw one man with a pure heart willing to be obedient, and it moved the very heart and hand of God. How we need a few more Elijah's spirits who will have the courage to repair the altar, renew the promises, and recall the world. When the fire falls, the power is revealed, and the will of God contains great uh, repentance. A change occurs. Whereas the people did not want to answer a word earlier, they are now eager to proclaim Lord as God. Though barbaric, yet as evidence of their commitment, they gathered up the 400 prophets of Baal, and they took them down to the valley and killed every one of them. Repentance is simply a change of direction. 
is turning from where we are to where God is. Notice the revival and fire of God is not something Elijah worked up, but it was something that God brought down. Repentance and the fire of God cannot be separated. He is an awesome God. He he had brought down, he had showed the people, you are worshiping a false God. You are worshiping a figment of imagination from your king's head. I am the true God, and I shall show you. You know, we... We live in a world that's fallen on much like what Elijah was fighting against. We have become more lenient to what's against the Christian life. And we're becoming more docile and letting the world overrun its churches you can't justify one sin so you can ease the mind of others. You can't go around and say, well, you know what? This sin is not as bad as, as murder. But it's still a sin. There is no lesser sin. There is no greater sin. There's just sin. And we become too, too lenient. We become too relaxed in letting sins go on without learn without telling them of repercussions. I pray that we all find a way to bring back the church and, and bring down the fire and bring that desire. Cause, cause when desert storm happened, when the towers of nine 11 happened, that the, that sad event that killed thousands of people, when that hit down, people were hitting the churches like crazy. People were praying they were they were wanting revenge and then all of a sudden just like a passing fad it just just disappeared until another outbreak happens it is okay to to need god when you're at your lowest it's it's okay to to pray out to him, say, please, God, help me or help my loved one who is sick and dying. Or please, God, please uh, protect my son's soul or my daughter's life when, when it's down, when you're down to the uh, bottom of it, when you're, when, when you're at a desperation. But why only start there? Why don't you talk to them? Talk to God every day. Praise Him for all the good things that happen in your life. Praise Him for all the bad things that happen in your life. Because you, you can't be a part-time believer. You have to go full-time 800 hours a day. To be a Christian. You're going to fall. You're going to cuss. You're going to do things that are against God's law. But repentance is always there. You can repent and move away from it. I've seen it happen. I've seen the hardest of criminals becoming the the ones who love people 
so much when they gave their life to Christ. I've seen Satanist, hateful, evil people become Christians when they needed to turn their life around. So I don't want to hear, I can't be a Christian. I can't do this because it, 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 I have to go to church every day. You don't have to go to church every day. You are the church and inside you is where he rests. So you are always in his church. You are his church. We are the church and we are the altar. So clean up your altar like Elijah did. Grab your stones and place them correctly and sacrifice the sin that's in your heart to God. Place, what's, place your burdens at his feet and walk away from those burdens so God can, can take care of them in his way. Hey guys, I appreciate y'all listening to me. I, this, uh, this book has been really kind of a, a, um, eye opener and I hope it's, it's making you want to, want to strive to become uh, a better Christian. And to strive to bring the fire down. Because I might not be the one. But who knows. One of my listeners might be that one. So. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to give a shout out to all the new listeners. Thank you for uh, listening to the end. All my faithful listeners that listen to all my podcasts, even the ones that skip a couple, I know who you are. I do. Thank you. I want to thank everyone that's been a big part of this podcast and to the future guests that are coming on. And I want to lead us out with a prayer. Lord, we need someone to bring the fire down. We need someone that is anointed by you, Lord. We need someone that can grab this politically correctness and throw it out so we can go into biblically correctness. So we can be aligned with you, Lord. So we can open up that that burning desire that we yearn to be in your presence. Lord, look out for my listeners. Make sure that they get home safe. Make sure they have food in their belly. Make sure they have water in their cups. Their children are healthy. And make sure that they find you. Open the door. Let them in. Let them, let them search for you, Lord. Be there. Be a guiding light to them in that fog that they're living in. In your precious and holy name. Amen. All right, guys. Well, I'm off. Uh, remember, tomorrow, I mean not tomorrow, next Sunday, I have a origin story with the man run with patience. Mr. Joe Ellison. So I'm looking forward to that. So y'all have a good night. God bless you and keep you. I love you guys. Y'all take care. Bye. You know what? Instead of having my ending music, I want to take y'all out with a song from my buddy, Tim Spencer at uh, Orr Street Mission called Carpenter's Son. Take it away, Tim. 
sits upon his throne of straw, reigns in his castle an animal stall. My savior born to die. The three wise kings are coming tonight. Bring him gifts, play him songs. Worship the one who can right all your wrongs. Friend, broken-hearted, lonely man, didn't know the Son of God could be such a Not just a carpenter's son, and oh, how they would despise everything that he had done. And he gave me Christmas in a little town called Bethlehem, and he gave me oh heaven. Can you hear my son? He wouldn't be well if you'd only come, master, master. Can you calm the sea? Can you calm the storms inside of me? Clean out the temple with holy rage. One of the twelve, you he will betray. Break the bread and drink the cup, and the Calvary will go up. But oh, how they would hate him and say, "Is this not just a carpenter's song?"
Just a carpenter's song.